too well, it is so important. In fact, it is imperative that you have a Bible. If you don't have your own Bible, we can get one for you. But if you have been coming to D2L regularly, you should have a Bible with you. Now hold your Bibles high. Repeat these words after me and believe the words coming out of your mouth. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for this word. It is the absolute truth. And I believe it. It is your personal love letter to me. And I receive it. It's the answer to my questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word in every situation, no matter what comes my way. I'll walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart today would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I pray that I would only say what you would have me say and only do what you would have me do. We ask these things today in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and all who agreed said, Amen. Amen. And with that, you can be seated, please. We have been talking about gaining some wisdom this summer. Everyone say wisdom. The wisdom I want to share with you this morning is, uh, may not be easily received, and you may not even like it, but I want your attention drawn up here for a couple minutes. Before I share what I have to share with you today from the very heart of God, it's important for you to know what my role is here in D2L. I am your teacher. I am your instructor. And as a teacher, it's my job to convince you. Sometimes I bring a message to convince you, and that's to make the scripture come alive and show you how important and how real it is. Then there are times where I exhort you, and that's a challenge to get you to think differently and live at a higher level. And then there are times where God calls us to give a rebuke. And when somebody invests their life into you, and you receive the good. You have to receive the good rebuke as well. And so my, my message and my thought for you this morning is a rebuke from the very heart of God. And with that, would you please open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 30. In order to be able to receive the word that God has for you today, you have to first understand what my role is. And second, and most importantly, understand what the role of your father in heaven is. He is a father. He is an instructor. And he is looking out for us, watching out for us, training us, and leading us into every manner of truth. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11. When you get there, say, I got it. Give you one more minute. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11. Let's read together. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet is not washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth have become like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Go back to verse 11, please. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. I'm here to tell you today from the very heart of God that God is not pleased with the way that some of you are treating your parents. He is not well pleased at all with how you are treating or mistreating, if I should say, your parents. And how do I know this? Because I myself have walked by, seen several instances right here in this very building and God has grieved my heart with the grief of his heart with how some of you have been treating your parents. 
And it's very important to understand the role of a parent in your life and understand why they are there. I've taught you before and I'll teach you again that a parent is God's very first authority established in a person's life. Their very first authority. And God does not take lightly the authority that he establishes. In the book of Exodus, when God gives the command in Exodus chapter 20, and he says to honor your father and mother, it is not a suggestion. It is not, a, hey, if, it, if all the circumstances are right, then you should listen to your parents. It is an absolute. It is non-conditional. What does that mean? You have to do it. What does non-conditional mean? No exceptions. Now, unless your parents are telling you to do something harmful or do something against the will of God, your parents will always have the last say. And there is something that has risen up in our generation that we think that we can talk back, that we think that we can mistreat our parents and still come here for Sunday worship, lift our hands, praise the Lord as if nothing's going on. Now, there is forgiveness when we repent. But I'm here to talk to you this morning because some of us are a little bit too puffed up. In verse 11 and 12, it says, you know, there's a generation that does not bless its father and curses its mother, or curses its father and does not bless its mother. There's a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes. And I'm telling you this morning that we have become a generation that our noses are right up in the air, that our eyes only look up, and we look down upon our parents as if they have no purpose and no role in our lives. And the very truth is that God puts your parents there, and that we have no authority, and we have no right to mistreat misspeak and disrespect them. I want you to turn back with me to the book of Exodus chapter 21, please. Say, whoa, Mr. Kurt, slow down. No, this is the heart of God. And he says it's not, he's not pleased with how some of us have been treating our parents. When God said honor and obey your father and mother, he didn't say that it's with a condition, when your parents do everything right. He said honor your father and mother. Now, that word honor is very interesting. It means to admire, it means to respect, and it means to exalt and to praise. Now, think about that. To respect, to admire, to exalt, and also to credit. And how many of you would say, I do that with my parents? I respect, I admire, I exalt, and I credit. Well, let's break this down. Before we get into Exodus 21, what does it mean to respect? From your mouth, tell me, what does it mean to respect? What does it mean to respect? Treat others the way that you want to be treated, okay? I think sometimes that we have the idea that respect is something that is earned, right? How many of you would say respect is earned? Maybe when it comes to your peers, but do you think respect is earned with your parents? No, sometimes we look at it like that, don't we? Sometimes we look at it like your parent has to earn your respect, and they don't have to earn your respect. You respect them because they're your parent, and God put them in authority, what does it mean to admire, to look up to? You say, well, I can't look up to my parents. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they've done. Well, let me tell you something. Maybe you don't know what your parents have gone through, or maybe you do. Parents are not perfect, and God doesn't say when your parents do everything right, then you can admire them, then you can look up to them. Now, granted, there are exceptions to the rule. There are people in here, and I know there are students in here who don't have a great relationship with their parents. Maybe you don't know your parents, but there is some type of parent in your life. Maybe it's a godparent. Maybe it's a grandparent. Maybe it's a foster parent. Maybe it's an adopted parent. Who is that person that has taken sole custody and sole responsibility over you? Because something happens in this generation, something happens in our 
our hearts that we think that we can rise up and start disrespecting and mistreating our parents. And it's very interesting because when God, actually, I, I sent you back to Exodus, but I want you to go to Matthew. I'm sorry. Go over to the book of Matthew. I want to show this to you because we know that God says it in Exodus, but Jesus also affirms it over in Matthew chapter 15. See, the problem is that there are so many of us that we become so spiritual. We think we're so spiritual, and really what we have is spiritual pride. And how do I know that? Because if you can disrespect your parents in the house of God, I can only imagine how you would treat your parents at home. And God's heart is grieved at the way that some of us are talking to our parents, disrespecting them. When you disrespect your parents in public or in private, when you dishonor and disrespect your parents in in private, you dishonor them. When you disrespect them in public, you dishonor the whole family and the whole family name, and you say something about your family. And so God is challenging us this morning to put our parents back into that authority position where they belong, regardless of how they've fallen, regardless of how they've messed up. God is challenging us to exalt them back to that place where they belong. In Matthew chapter 15, please. Jesus challenges the Pharisees here. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat bread. And Jesus answered and said to them, Why do you transgress the commandment of God himself because of your tradition? For God commanded saying, Honor your father and mother. And he who curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. That's kind of a bold statement, wouldn't you say that? He who curses his father and mother, let him be put to death. I don't think any one of us in this room would exist right now if we were under the old law, right? How many of us have ever, you know, disrespected, spoke back to, you know, swore about our parents, said something evil about our parents? Not one of us would probably be able to stand in this room and say, I've never, ever done that. never spoke evil. I've never spoken any ill of my parents. Let's keep reading. Verse 5. But you say... Whoever says to his father or mother, what I have profit, what profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or his mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect in your tradition. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. It's interesting because Jesus says here that in the original law and the original text, whoever curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. How could that happen? What, what does that mean? If you look back in Exodus chapter 21, which is where I wanted to take you, in Exodus chapter 21, God goes through all the acts of violence and what you do with somebody who commits an act of violence. What do you do with somebody who, who punches another man and that man falls to the ground? God says, this is what do you do. What do you do when two guys get into a fight and in a quarrel and they accidentally hit a pregnant lady and she gives birth beforehand? What do you do in that situation? In all of those acts of violence, God lumps in, honor your father and mother and he who does not shall be put to death. God sees disrespect and dishonor of mom and dad as an act of violence towards the authority that he has established in our lives. You can verify that back in Exodus chapter 21 and read it for yourself because in the acts of violence, God puts it right there. There's a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There's a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes. Where are our hearts this morning? Where are we 
Do we think that we have the right, even in private, to disrespect and dishonor mom and dad, to talk back? You see, one of the lessons that I had to learn in my life was that mom and dad have the final say, even if I don't understand. God knows because God put the authority in your life. Your very first experience with authority is, as I always tell you, your mom and dad. And how you learn to treat your mom and dad is how you will learn to treat every other authority in your life, including God, which is why he takes so seriously how we treat our father and our mother. And so whether or not we understand, we must always submit ourselves to our parents and love and honor and respect them. So your parents have a job. And I don't, I don't think I really understood this until I became a parent. Even as a young children uh, that I have, I don't think I ever really fully understood this. Many of us at this age were like, I'm never going to become like my dad. I'm never going to become like my mom. I don't want to be anything like them. And you know what happens? You turn out a lot like your dad and you turn out a lot like your mom and you realize, wow, my parents really weren't perfect, but they did the best that they could as they saw right in the eyes of God. And I think sometimes that at 16 and 17 and 18, we think that we have graduated beyond the point of receiving from our parents. And God is here to say this morning, then we need to learn to submit ourselves to the very heart and the, 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 the teaching of our parents as unto the Lord because God put them there. If you turn over just a few books in the New Testament to the book of Hebrews, I want to give you some perspective about what it's like to be a parent. The last chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. When you get there, say, I got it. Hebrews just before the book of James, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Again, if you're there, say, I got it. Okay, here we go. Let's read. It says, obey those who rule over you. That would include mom and dad. And be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. I'm a father now. One of the things that my father first told me when I got married, he said, Kurt, you're a married man now. And one day when you stand before the Lord and he judges all the acts and all the decisions and all, and he weighs everything of your life, when you stand before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal one, he's going to say to you, what did you do with the life that I have given you? How did you treat your wife and how did you treat your children? And when we began to have our first child and my father reminded me, you will stand before the Lord and he will ask you how you raised your children and how you treated your children. And parents, you don't understand unless you are a parent, but parents take on this role that they have to give an account to God for your soul. And as we're going to read in a minute, no discipline. No discipline is, is nice. Nobody appreciates being disciplined, you know. I, don't appre I never appreciated when my parents had to spank me. I hated it. I never appreciated when I got older and my parents started taking things away. And I still didn't appreciate it as I got even older and my parents set limitations on me. I was 18 years old, but I still lived in their house and I had still had to follow by their rules. It doesn't feel right, but if you receive it, it is the correction of the Lord and it will save your life from death. And my case in point in that is, is, is another situation. Just on Thursday night, you know, this whole situation with this 24-year-old just going in and, and you know, throwing these, these tear gas bombs and then shooting up this place. Listen, I read some interesting stories about some people who really had to work hard to get to this, to this showing. They, 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 you know, it was just something was almost compelling them. Everything they tried to do was like something was stopping them from going to this movie, but they didn't listen. 
And our parents are training us to hear the voice of the Lord. If you don't listen when your parents say no, you're not going to listen when God is saying no on the inside of your heart. When you're 25 years old and you're living on your own, you're not going to listen because you never listen to mom and dad. And God could be saving your soul from death. And you'll die young because you never learned to listen. Or maybe you won't die. Maybe something even worse will happen because we haven't learned to listen to the heart of our parents. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you the very reason that God says, obey your father and mother. If you go back just one chapter to chapter 12 of, of, uh, of, of Hebrews, in verse 9, chapter 12, verse 9, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more be readily in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? See, your parents are training you. This is what you do. Even when you don't feel like it, if you listen to my voice, I will save you. I can't tell you how many times. Now, there was a period in my life where I was living in sin. I was born in the church. I was raised in the church. I was born again at eight years old, baptized in the, in the Holy Ghost by the time that I was 10. You know the story, laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. But by the time I was 13 years old, from a lot of different situations, I was led astray by a lot of different things in the world, and I was living my own life and, and doing my own thing. And I cannot tell you how many times a phone call from my dad that was aggravating to me saved me and delivered me from a situation that could have utterly destroyed me. And because there was something inside of me that even though I was living in sin, I knew I had to listen to my dad. And I went home when he told me to. It saved me from some of the worst situations and some of the worst decisions that I could ever make. And it's your parents' job to train you in the way that you should go. And if we carry on to verse 10, it says, for they indeed chastened us for a few days as it seemed best to them. The second thing that I want to tell you this morning that you won't learn until you become a parent is your parents don't do it right all the time, and you know that. But you need to know that honor and respect and submissive hearts are still necessary when your parents don't do it right. There were times that my parents failed and they took something from me and it wasn't right. Or they disciplined and it was the wrong situation to discipline. Or they said, no, I couldn't do something even though it was the wrong time to say that. There were times when my parents tried to do what was right, but because of human error and the sinful nature, they just didn't do it right. But God didn't say just respect your parents when they do it right. He said, honor your father and mother without condition. And I'm telling you this morning that if you learn to do that and recognize that your parents are leading you and they are disciplining you so that you can learn to hear the voice of God and you can follow him because your parents aren't always going to be there. And they're not always going to be there for you to pick up the phone and give a call. But they're trying to instill in your very heart the spirit of God so you know when you're in a situation, this is what I do and this is what I don't do. I'm here to give you a little perspective this morning to help you understand why your parents are in the role that they're in. And God is requiring of us to honor and to submit to them. When we, when we first read that scripture in Proverbs 11, many of you were probably thinking, I can't believe that, you know, because I've heard, I've heard this talk. Oh, yeah, I can't believe some of the way my friends talk to their parents. And then I've heard how some of you have talked to your parents. And I'm like, why is it that we think that because we're Christians, we still have a right to do something? God commands honor and respect for your parents all the time. One more time as we go back to Proverbs, that same proverb we started in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11. 
Proverbs 30, 11, there is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet is not washed from its filthiness. God wants to wash us of our filthiness this morning. I did not intend to share this message with you when I got, when I got to the Lord this week and started, you know, I had already had my message prepped. I was ready to go, and I got into a time of prayer, and this is where God led me. And all that I could sense was that his heart was grieved at how his children, his children, the ones who are born again, the ones who are supposed to be an example, have been mistreating their parents. And there's a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There's a generation, oh, how lofty are its eyes. We have become a little bit too proud in our life to think that just because we're saved and we're born again, we have the right to disrespect and dishonor our father and mother. And God is looking down on us and saying we have some spiritual pride that he needs to root out. And this morning, God wants to do that if you let him. A word of rebuke never comes as a word of condemnation. Listen very carefully. Everyone sit up straight and look into my eyes, please. A word of rebuke never comes as a word of condemnation, but as a word of correction so that you can change. And God has rebuked and he has corrected this morning, and now he offers the opportunity to surrender and say, you know what, God, I haven't done it right, but I'm willing to lay down in my life and let you teach me how to do it right. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for you to feel condemned and walk off those doors and say, I just can't do it. No, that's, that's weakness. Let that go. That's just being a baby. Just let that go. You can do it. You can honor your father and mother. You don't have to have an attitude. You don't have to be disrespectful. You don't have to think you're so arrogant. You can do it, period. You can, because God said you can. And greater is he who is in you than he that is in this world. And the temptation is to do what all your friends do, but you don't have to. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but there is correction. God has given you an opportunity this morning to repent and to say, I've done it wrong, but I'm ready to do it right. Teach me, Lord. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, I thank you, O Lord, for your word that has gone forth. And I thank you that you've drawn and are drawing hearts unto you right now, even as we speak, Lord God. So, Father, I lift up everyone in this room, and I thank you for your word that's gone forth and pierced our hearts and challenged us to think a little bit differently and to live a little bit differently. Lord, there have been times where my parents have failed. There have been times where the parents of these young people have failed. But that doesn't mean that we stop respecting. That doesn't mean excuse me, that we stop honoring because they are the authority that you put in place.